0: Hello, I is Gaelic Song Stories, and for an cool Hello and welcome back to Gaelic Song Stories with me, Dear Graham. This week, I am centering my focus on one song, one which has become synonymous with the 19th century Crofter's Land Struggles and composed by revered sky poetess Marie Vaughan and Oran. It is, of course, Oran Byn Lee. Composed in May 1887, it is a celebration of the crofters from Braes on Skye having their rents lowered and their grazing rights reinstated by the land courts, following years of anguish and struggle after Lord Macdonald deprived them of those rights almost 20 years before in 1865. Macdonald's actions led to the crofters withholding their rents in protest in 1881, The following April, an officer of McDonald's came to Breeze with summonses for those who had refused their rents, but they responded by making the officer burn the papers. On the 19th of April 1882, 50 policemen were then sent from Glasgow under Sheriff Ivory's command and a conflict ensued known as Blarachoeing, or the Battle of the Breeze. To steer us on this journey, I am chatting today with Gillespieg Ferguson, and together we navigate our way through some of the figures mentioned in each verse, as well as sharing some stories on Mary Vor's own life, which was no less colourful than the events on which she commented. And we make mention of a few stories that helped to paint a picture of this impressive and astute woman. Gillespieg is a lecturer in Scottish Gaelic at Sol Morostick, He also runs a bookshop at the head of Loch Snizert, just north of Portree, and just across from the township where Mary Vore herself was born. He is a member of the Anticarian Booksellers Association, and he has a particular interest in old and rare Scottish and Gaelic books. Incredibly, and coincidentally, he currently has a full collection of the Napier Commission in his bookshop. More about that later in the podcast. At it's lovely to.
1: <laughs> She's a pro. This is so professional. I'm taken aback just by the, you know, the familiarity with the equipment. Oh no! But just the the, uh, you know, the presence and the, and the uh, eloquence.
0: Yeah, uh, okay. I'm trying for a reputation of a one a one take
1: wonder. <laughs> <laughs> it's going good so far. Oh no.
0: Okay, right. Take. 300 <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's getting dark come on I
0: know <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you today and thank you so much for agreeing to speak with me
1: it's a pleasure to have you here so well, far
0: I, so, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to watch myself though <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I'm really excited for our chat today um for a couple of reasons one you're you come highly recommended as a, a font of knowledge in this area Ooh. no pressure and uh, <sighs> but also uh, a small anecdote for you I was driving up the road this morning from Breckish and the weather was giving uh, ele its true. True meaning today. It was mm. a dismal drive up the road. And just as I came into Sconsert and looking across to Braise, there was a wee boafrosh uh, oh. uh, rainbow shining over Braise. And I thought that that was a good sign for us.
1: Yes. And so, then... By Byn Well, Byn fa- well, yeah, yes. that's, that's what you're seeing when you drive around there. That's the one. To the north. The big mountain on your right as you drive along there is That is bang bang Lee. Yeah. Oh,
0: somebody's looking out for me today. <laughs> That's a good sign. I
2: hope so. They're,
0: hope. they're not technically savvy,
2: <laughs> but they're looking out for you. Yes.
0: And then also another thing, so lovely to come and speak with you today where we are in Scavus because of course, this is the very place that Marivorne and Noren was born.
1: Yes. Um, it's about just over a mile walk from here. Uh, across the main road and um, up the hill you'll uh, you'll see there's a there's actually a little plaque showing where um, Marivor's croft was where they were born and it's uh, it's named after her father it's called Toper and Va which is mm-hmm. fair John's well and Ian ban or um, a Macdonald Macdonald was uh, marivor's father and and uh, so it's it's quite um poignant there to see it's a, it's there there are no houses up there now but you can see you can see the uh the run the um the mounds where yeah. people planted potatoes and things and uh Lovely. um you can't really see any footings of the house but that's it near to that well that she she was born. Do you know uh, when
0: the Sorry, do you know when the plaque was put there?
1: I it's, it's been it's 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 quite a while ago there was one put there and it's been replaced fairly recently okay. in the last probably 10 15 years. So uh, um
0: I've never seen it. Maybe I'll go and on maybe on It's my worth the back. wander up. Yes, if yeah. you
1: go up to the old cemetery and it's um there's a there's an old kind of track that you could take a Land Rover up but you, most mm-hmm. most people walk up there and it's about 2 or 300 yards from the car park. Lovely. You'll see it on the right just uh, um, by just by the road. Great. Yeah.
0: And sometimes Marie born was known as Marie Vine Vang the
1: Yes, Marie and Vang. So yes, her, uh, as as most people in the in the Highlands up till recently are named after their mm-hmm. after their father usually. So, um, she would have been named after after her dad, and she would have been known that way, um, to to the to the locals in Skye. Yeah, yeah, and so that's that's uh, apparently uh, um, two hundred years ago. Yes, eighteen twenty-one. She was born, and um, there are a few people who maybe dispute that, but that's uh, um, widely recognised. That's the way. Yet. Yes, that's right. Widely recognised as her. So very appropriate. Two hundred years ago, very close to here,
0: and lovely that we're still speaking about her and singing her songs and celebrating her,
1: because she was some woman. She was quite the woman in. Uh, Physically, even if you yeah. uh, if you see photos of her, she was, you know, uh, if you got a right hook from <laughs> Marie Vos, you'd know about it. She was really well put together, and um, I've got a good story about, um, and it's ho- it maybe just um, shows how relatively close these things are in history. It's not really mm-hmm. ancient history; mm-hmm. it's uh, we're on the verges of living memory here because when I was born. Um, I was born in Lewis, and we came over to Skye when I was five. Right. And I remember very clearly one of the first, my father was the parish minister in Portree, and one of the first services my father took, and it was a very it was a huge service um, in June nineteen eighty was the funeral of Colonel Jock Macdonald. Really? Yeah, famous uh, a famous landowner. Um, up possibly at, one of the last of the Gaelic-speaking aristocracy in Skye. Up at uh, Viewfield House. Up at Viewfield House in Portree. Yeah. Uh, famous piper as well, great judge of piping competitions. Yeah, and there's still the, the yes. Colonel Jock Memorial competition yes, every yes, year. Yes, there's competition yeah. every year in his name. Um, his grandson still owns Viewfield House and it's run as a, a hotel there. Um, but the interesting thing, when when um, when he was a young boy there's a very, uh, this story is still in the family that uh, he was pro- possibly the age I was, about five or six. He got into trouble in Viewfield and he ran away. And he ran away to Scabist. Uh-huh. And the story goes that when he, um, he knew Mary and when he got to her place, he went to Mary Vore's house. And when they came looking for him, he hid under her skirt <laughs> so that they wouldn't find him. And I, I, I don't know whether Marie Vohler was playing along with this or not, but that was the story.
2: <laughs> That's incredible.
1: And uh, if you see a photo of Marie Vohler, there's, there's room for plenty of people under the skirt. <laughs> <laughs> the dresses are huge. There's a great photo in her uh, collected poems of her uh, at a traditional kind of um, a, a, what's called a jelef, which was used for um, uh, winding up wool. Uh-huh. Which, the, her, her, you know, she was, she was a, a stout lady, yes. and uh, so that's so that fellow who um, who had a very, <laughs> who had a very intimate uh, experience with Marie Vore was, was buried when I was a boy. Yeah. So that's that, you know, just it goes to show you just how close it is. Because I think we
0: can be guilty of just putting all of these songs and all this history, mm. like you say, into ancient history. That's right. And it's not. And I think part of that, because it was so recent, makes me feel quite connected to her poetry and to her songs. The language is simpler than. Uh, the language of the poetry a hundred years ago, the imagery—it's—it's it's quite uh, accessible, certainly in the vernacular language.
1: Yes, yes, there there is a there's a connection, I think that people Gaelic speakers feel with that kind of poetry that's very close, and it, of course it's a lot of a lot of her poetry and, and a lot of the stuff that's sung nowadays is is what's um, poetry and praise of her island, mm-hmm. and as we know, I mean sky is as popular as it ever was mm. and uh, about probably about the time that um marivore was composing songs that's when the um, the waves of waves of visitors started to come um and visit the yeah. island in, in huge numbers that would have been the time that it started that uh the the highlands became popularized in the in the lowlands as a place to visit and spend time and to you know to get away from the uh the big urban centres down south.
0: Would that kind of tie in with the time of you know these posters <laughs> that you see of the L and E the railway posters? Visit the Isle of Skye. Would that be along that time at all?
1: I think that would be a little bit later, right? Yeah, these the I think they were maybe in the early twentieth century. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean the the that the, yeah that was that, but that was a development of, of what mm-hmm. began in the Victorian era at the time when Marivore was was active. But you what you said there was uh, another inter- another thing that I. Um, just in terms of how close it is to just your Sky folk in general. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was, a ta- I was a taxi driver for a while mm-hmm. after I left university. And it was an awesome time. I remember I was a taxi driver for three or four years. And just it happened to be at the time. And there are all, all these guys are gone now. But there were five other taxi drivers that I drove who were all Gaelic speakers from Sky. And the, the, the laugh that we would have yeah. just... Uh, you know, teasing each other and and telling stories in Gaelic when, when we were waiting in Port Three Square, it was great. But I remember one old fellow; he 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 was from um, a little town nearby here, quite a quite a rough and ready fellow, uh, quite gruff. And I remember one night we were sitting doing nothing. He asked me, he said in Gaelic, "Do you know what the what the best Gaelic that's ever written is?" And I wasn't I wasn't sure what he was getting at. Mm-hmm. I thought I don't know, I um. He was a member in the church, so I thought he was going to talk, start talking about the Bible or something. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. said the Bible. I said, oh, we'll leave the Bible to one side. What? Uh, what else? And I said I really, I really couldn't say. And I remember really clearly. He started. He started. He just burst into this, um, and it really surprised me. He just started um, a van in in he said that wow. and he just he just ruled off a section of marivor's uh, poem nur when I was young about the flowers of the field and uh, how beautiful,
2: beautiful they were I was, I was really
1: touched by that because he was you know he, he, he wasn't academic in any way he didn't he didn't you know, he didn't really talk about his appreciation for the language or anything, but he just that—that's stuck in his head for probably from years and years and years back, and um yeah, I'll never forget that. Quite That's poignant. really lovely and, mm.
0: and unexpected, I suppose. But uh, perhaps that ties in with the um, the way that she's regarded as a, a poet of the people. Yes, and I think she really connected with people on a very personal level, and she was quite a. Oh, she, she was a very um, what would be the word, personable.
1: Yes, yes, she was. She was, um, and I think I, th- I suppose she almost took on like a matriarchal kind mm-hmm. of role, like a representative of of people, um, in the Highlands and in Skye in particular. But because she was because she had um, moved about in circles in Inverness and Glasgow, mm-hmm. she'd been she'd been uh, working. You know, she had she had close ties with the kind of people who had migrated to. The lowlands, the Gaelic speakers. I mean, of which Glasgow was full at full, that time. Yeah, and um, back home in her native sky, and she moved. She moved back to Sky, I think, in eighteen eighty two, which is when the kind of uh, the the um, uh, the crofters' movement really took off. Yeah, and she um, instinctively got behind that and became became a very important voice in terms of um, disseminating kind of. Information about about the um, about the the crofters' movement and encouraging people to get behind it to vote for people you know who were standing for the crofters in in elections and things like that. That was a huge part of her. Um, uh, what drove her to to, to write and um, to compose songs and uh, yeah, she she at that time she was. Yeah, I think I think I think it would be fair to say she was kind of like a a mother figure for for this for this movement. Yeah.
0: So that brings us neatly on to our song today, Auden Lee," yeah. which is a uh, Beautiful song, and it, it documents what well it it kind of talks us through many of the people that were instrumental in the crofting um, land struggles. Yes, um, which didn't actually start in Breeze itself, although Oren Bin Lee kind of talks of the, the struggles in, in the Battle of the Breeze or Blarahuink, I think it might be called. Blarahuink
1: is the, is the actual name for. Uh for the event yeah. that happened in April 1882 which kind of like you say it wasn't the first event um, in terms of the Crofters um, revolt as it were but it was the one that sparked public interest and that really um, lit the fuse for various other um, events and ultimately led to um, the Napier Commission the following year and um which is well, we can talk about that later. But I mean, that was a, an extraordinary kind of, a, event in terms of. Giving giving voice to people's grievances and concerns all over the Highlands, but mm-hmm. starting off in Braes, in yeah. Skye, the very first meeting was in, um, in May, I think, in eighteen eighty three, in, in in the in the. Church, I think, in in Braes. Wow! Um, so, yeah. Amazing. So, so um, yeah, and she was she was present at that meeting as well. It's not it's not documented in the Napier report, but she was there. She was there. Yeah, she yep. she was noted, I think, in the press as as being present at that meeting and probably probably oh probably with a a, a stole <laughs> around her neck and a fancy big hat and one of her voluminous dresses. Absolutely,
2: yeah. <laughs> quite the presence.
0: This has just made me think of a story that you told me before we started recording here, which we should be talking about the song just now. But the story you told me of the boat trip—yes, I'd love you to tell—is that. it's
1: a shame we don't have um, uh, Callum McLean, a local photographer and um, piping expert. He's mm-hmm. uh, he t- he was the one who told me this story about his, one of his relatives. I think it was a grand uncle mm-hmm. who. Um, was going to, who lived in Braes and was in Port Tree, must presumably in the 1880s at some point, and he was going home, and who did he meet on the pier when he was heading back in his sailing boat but uh, Mary voron And she prevailed on him to give him a lift in the boat to Braes. She wanted to go out to visit something in Braes, presumably. And, of course, she got in the boat and... Um, Putting it delicately, the boat the boat's balance, the boat's trim was kind of affected adversely.
0: That's a very delicate way of putting
1: it, <laughs> <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> so by the time they got out into the bay, this chap realised that his um, that the wind wasn't favourable for sailing home, so he had to get out the oars and row. And <laughs> you can imagine with the boat tipping up the way, it was <laughs> kind of hard to get the oars to reach the water. And then, he said, it started to rain and Mari Vore brought out this massive umbrella and erected an umbrella. And apparently this umbrella started blowing the boat in the wrong direction. And he had to row even harder. So the poor guy was absolutely done in by the time he yeah. got to braze. And every time after, According to the story, he, he, whenever her name was mentioned, he would say in Gallic, like, "Ay, umbrella, <laughs> herself and her umbrella." <laughs> Rather disparaging. Yes. Never forgave her for, uh, for giving him the worst uh, boat trip of his life.
0: <laughs> There's one of her songs, though, Mari, <laughs> or and it talks about a boat trip that she goes on. And uh, the Clach, I'm not sure who that was referring to. And it says, I think if that's the same one, was that over at Strom Ferry? Yes,
2: it was. Yes,
1: yes, she had to. Yeah. They had to uh, politely ask her to wait for the next...
0: <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> <next laughs> you'll, you'll take the, the place of three people out. <laughs> but uh, she says, <laughs> <laughs> Every crossed themselves. They yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: So that was her technique. She, you know, she, she did it on more than one occasion then. <laughs> Just to translate those couple of verses before we move on, the first one saying, uh, the clach saying, if you come into the boat, we'll all be at risk of drowning, and I need a bit of of time to to be convinced or to be persuaded, and uh, then uh, the next verse says she she replies saying, I, I went into it into the boat with a skip in my step, and the clach um, began to pray fate keep us from the ground uh, since she's lost all of her senses.
2: Fifth time got the print up for the hour the boundary rain forin ho ching puck Okay, so
0: let's let's bring things back to Odin and Bein Lee then And um so The the song starts hook of tang and the wound should have a real real the boundary. Mm. Running looking who jing jingevolt
1: jingevolt yeah that's that's not a word you hear too often today yeah kind of tight secure ah yeah so the 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 idea was that she yeah she was um, praising the uh, she didn't always do this but she was praising the the uh, the government and the the legal. apparatus that had that had given um that had given the day to the crofters in in Braise. Uh and basically it refers to what it refers to is after the the um the crofters commission the uh, Napier commission um several years after that we had the crofting crofters holding act in 1886 which ga- which was the kind of the really important um Legal instrument that gave security of tenure to to right. the crofters, and from that we the, the we had the the Scottish Land Court that that passed judgment on various disputes. And in eighteen eighty seven, it was in spring of that year that the Land Court decided in favour of um, the crofters of um, Bindley in terms of their dispute that had been going for ages. I think it was eighteen sixty five. They lost their rights to, to graze there. So it's over 20 yeah. years they had to wait to get justice there. Yeah. And they were given um, the right to, to graze on that, uh, to put their cattle out onto that hill um, and to use it for grazing. But they and hadn't so, um,
0: necessarily stopped it, though, had they?
1: Well, it wasn't the sense of having stopping the grazing, but the the, the, the rents, mm. the rent that was being asked, um, I think yeah. that was part of the problem in many places. The the crofters were willing to pay for the privilege of... of having their cattle on people's land but the 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 prices being asked were pretty exorbitant in many cases yeah and that was the real um that was the real issue you know so it was um a and the, yeah they basic they were refusing to pay these exorbitant rents and but in um in eighteen eighty seven they were they were given the right to um Presumably, a, a much a much more reasonable rate to 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 use that land again. So mm-hmm. that's that's basically the the main driving force for the song. And to, that's
0: the year that she composed the song was eighteen eighty seven. That would have
1: been eighteen eighty seven. Yes, probably yeah. shortly after yeah. uh, that happened. And of course, she refers back uh, yes. in the in the early part of the song five years to the, to the the battle of the the battle of the braes blarachuink, which um which everybody looks on as a kind of watershed moment in the in the whole in the whole uh, Crofter struggle. Um certainly in Skye. Yeah. Although if you if you wanted to put a start on the whole thing you'd have to go back to Lewis in eighteen seventy four, the, the Berner riot as it's called, where the Oh right. Where the um it was really the 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 uh accolade it goes to the Lewisie for for getting the ball rolling as it were in terms of restoring some the crofters' rights to, to use the land and, um, but uh,
0: for for the very same reasons. Yeah, for
1: the similar reasons. Yes. Yep. Whether, I mean, it was it was true throughout the Highlands. That yeah. The um, either lands were withheld so that uh, they could be used for other purposes for big farms, or that they were the land that was available, often very poor, was was mm-hmm. rented at exorbitant rates. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there's a few characters that are mentioned in this song. Yes, um, that are that seem quite interesting. We've got um, Antathan. Oh yeah, Sad. so this is our baddie of the story, I believe.
1: Yeah, the boogeyman, <laughs> the bo- Satan. <laughs> Satan, so it's, 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 it, you can tell. I mean, when, when somebody is referred to as Satan himself, you know that it's a. Uh, mm-hmm. um, in fact, there's two characters that are named in that same stanza: Hook of Bianch Guparnell. Parnell is
2: an
1: an interesting name Mm -hmm. uh, because um, it doesn't refer to the real Parnell Mm -hmm. who was part of the Irish, one of the ones who established the Irish Land League. The Land League, yeah. And anybody who's going into detail, into depth into this, you'll realise very quickly that the, the, the... the um, the Scottish movement for uh, land rights was an outgrowth of the same movement in Ireland, um, and uh, Parnell was one of the figureheads of that of that movement, one of the one of the ones who founded it, and um, what happened was that we had our, our kind of equivalent in Sky because the the actual the movement. In Sky actually started a few years before the Battle of the Rays in Valtos, mm-hmm. on the east coast of Trotternish, up yes. near Staffan And the the kind of the key figure there was a fellow, Norman Stewart And um, because, perhaps because he shared part of the name, the, the Parnell was he his name was Charles Stuart Parnell. And because Norman Norman Stewart, I don't know, like, I'm not uh-huh, quite sure, but a... anyway, he 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 became he got the nickname Parnell because he was the equivalent figure in people's eyes in, wow. in the north of sky he was you know kind of um raising the standard for for the skycrofters initially yeah. so that's why that's, that's why he gets you know he's, he's mentioned before anybody else in in this particular poem even though he wasn't connected with breeze specifically
0: yeah. yeah I suppose that probably gave them a lot of encouragement though
1: yes that's right yeah the the yes I'm sure um, yeah, it would have been uh, the 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 fact that somebody was standing up somewhere mm-hmm. else. It would have, yeah, it would have, and 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 the songs that were composed were were part of that kind of spreading the spreading the word and spreading the yeah the the um, the confidence to to actually I heard, stand up for themselves.
0: I heard earlier in the year, just to go off on a tangent. Earlier in the year, when there was some celebration on Mary two hundredth anniversary. And I think it might have been Donald Meek who was speaking on radio and Gail, and Donald Meek who put this book together, um the Marie Vor book um he had said that her songs were like the modern day equivalent of or the olden day equivalent of our social media, using that platform to vocalize what was going on and spread the news
1: yes, yes, yeah. and rather rather than being posted on Facebook, these songs were posted in. In the press, so like yeah. in the open Times* and uh, the is it the the week the *Mail* in Glasgow, um, was it the *Scottish Mail*? I forget exactly the name of it, but there, yeah, and there were um, yeah there were specific papers for the land struggle as well. The *Highland*, uh, the *the the Scottish Highlander* and the *Highlander*. Uh, the, they were, um, they were important kind of yeah the equivalent the *Glasgow
0: of Weekly Mail*. The *Glasgow Weekly Mail*. That's yep. the one. Yes. And that was, the, uh, the the North British Daily <clears throat> Mail as well. Yeah. Although I'm, I'm not, I'm just looking at that quickly. So that I'm not was, sure yeah, which side that was.
1: The Facebook wall of yeah. of that time, <laughs> yeah. and um, yeah, it's it's it, it, we're really lucky in a way that these that these uh, songs were um, that they were reproduced there because mm-hmm. a lot of them we wouldn't have at all if they weren't there and often the only sources for the original songs is maybe the open times and so they
0: were printed in the paper the they songs? were printed
1: in the paper wow. quite a lot and it was uh, um yeah the press really really lapped that stuff up they really wanted um because it was kind of it was it really encapsulated people's feelings in you know just a few short stanzas or yeah um, how, how how people felt and it was yeah it happened it happened an awful lot Mm. and as i say as uh, donald meek in his in his book um tua Tierna, um tenants and landlord he he um gives a really interesting introduction about how oh wow about how all these these newspapers these sources are are really a wealth of um a, information for for that period yeah uh, mainly through the songs the Gaelic songs that were are preserved in it's That's amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, um, there's actually um, a, a quote in the beginning of Don Meek's book as well that talks, I, I suppose, as well as the songs being printed, you open yourself up to reviews then. Mm-hmm. And there's, Mary was met with with um, applause and, yes. and she criticism. Would have,
1: she would have had, yes, detractors as well. And uh, the press that was a unfavourable to the gales, they would publish these songs too, and say, "Look at how these awful savages are, are wow. uh, you know, behaving? Yeah, um, you know, with no regard to uh, law and the ownership of land. You know, mm. this land belongs to these people, and these upstarts are are trying to impose their, uh, their impose their uh, their own version of the law on on, on the situation. So, that, that, so, 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 uh, it wasn't just the uh, papers that were sympathetic to the Gales that, that printed yeah. them. Right. So, okay. Yeah, right, okay. It's very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we've we've
0: deviated away from the
1: so the the So the, the Sarthant was Sheriff William Ivory, mm. who was, um, I suppose, uh, like a... He became a bit of a boogeyman in the Isle of Skye. Mm-hmm. And as um, he... Had a huge reputation, perhaps not not always deserved, of being very high-handed and dismissive and um, unnecessarily vicious towards uh, the crofters. And of course, the main reason for that is that it was under his jurisdiction that the Battle of the Braes kind of was uh, happened. Yeah. because he it was him that ordered after the fracas initially with the crofters in. Praise, who had committed what was called an act of deforcement, where they where they had stopped um, an officer um, by the name of Martin from from uh, issuing summonses, Sumanian in Gaelic, they were summonses to the the ringleaders of of the unrest in praise. They'd got him to burn them, and so that 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 was the legal term was deforcement, where he was stopped he was prevented from carrying out his duties and the legal papers were destroyed mm-hmm. so that was the reason that 50 police officers were drafted can you imagine them all kind of yeah. imagine when they got the news that like, you guys are all going up to the sky <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's this bunch of crafters who are um uh, who have uh taken the law into their own hands as as they say and um <laughs> yeah. you're gonna have to sort them out and it must have been quite for some of them it must have been. Quite daunting. Quite daunting. But they, you know yeah. they had, so they, they went up to Sky, and that was the uh, that was the kind of the force that met with the with the crofters in Braes, and as they say in Gaelic, like, "Hachers through Rishdale," A stream met a torrent. Oh wow! <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> that is, and it's interesting. From what I gather, the people of Braes didn't make a great great issue of it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, when they met with these policemen who were charged with uh, carrying out the the the, ca- the arrest of the five ringleaders, as they were called, of the unrest in Braze, and to take them back to to the prison and to the Portree, yes. and uh, of course the crofters weren't having any of it, and everything started flying sticks and stones and. Yeah,
0: uh, there's but, quite a, a gory verse <coughs> yes, there in is. the song, and it says, um, <coughs>
2: Which is grim?
0: Yes, the kind of the sweetest. Um, yes, how would you tr- translate it? The sweetest, the, the, mildest woman. Yes, uh, the most gentlest. Um, their their gentle uh,
1: bearing. Yes, gentle bearing.
0: Their um, skulls were cracked. Spoiled, cracked. Yeah.
1: yeah their skulls were cracked on the on the, on, the on the banks of, Beni. Banks of Ben lee oh, yeah. and they were uh, and there were there were press there who recorded it and there are some i can give you some sources to if you want to read the oh yeah very very uh, ostentatious kind of descriptions of what went on and uh, there was lots of i think one of the policemen got his nose smashed in with a with a rock and Oof. um there was a few of the ladies were pr- laid pretty low with um, with uh, having been Smashed in the head and arms with bâtons by the policemen, and it so really, I mean, it, yeah, there was, was... one. There's one of the one of the lady, I forget her name, but she was she was um, she was laid low for quite a while with head injuries and and so forth. And um, the fact that nobody was killed is possibly more luck than anything else. <laughs> and if the if the if the if the police hadn't managed to get away when mm-hmm. they did, I think there there could have been. There could have been a few fatalities in the in either side. Yeah,
0: it, it kind of surprises me though that that very stands out to me because you know the women were right in there in the fight as well. You know, it wasn't yeah, it they wasn't were, just the men. Yes, which... when you
1: read that, they were kind of caught off guard because they they came very early in the morning and it wasn't I it I don't think they expected it at all, mm. and so they had to basically there was a there was a shout out to everybody to come out and people were coming out and you know they were. You know, the women hadn't done their hair, so they were kind of all. The, they were just even were more the, wild and the savage. The hair looking flapping in the breeze, and the yeah, yeah, not quite dressed properly, and they were, they were scrambling through the through the heather to to, and they were. I mean, they were really when you read it, you, you, they were mad. They were yeah. yelling all kinds of curses and uh, oaths towards these uh, these policemen. Um, cursing them up and down. Wow! And it was, yeah. The uh, as you say, the the in Gaelic it's called Blar which is the 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 battle of the narrows or the defile. And it you can if you go to the where the the monument is in mm-hmm. still you can see it's it's just a kind of narrow passage where the road goes uh, between a kind of big slope and another massive slope going down to the. See, And it's the only place okay. you can safely get across there. So you can imagine the police force on that road and the brave folk gathering above and chucking stones and all sorts of anything they could get their hands on. And um, yeah. the policemen ultimately, they started doing the same. They started chucking stones back and uh, that's how some of the poor, and some young girls as well, got, yeah. got uh, some really nasty cracks on the head from... Uh, I'd have run away. From these cops. <laughs> I'm <not brave> enough. <laughs> but it's good that the cops got away when they did, because otherwise it would have it yeah. could have turned into a real nasty mm-hmm. strimash with
0: You you can see her casualties. This was a real marker in this land struggle, you know. It was mm. it was such a um Prominent event, you know, the news travelled across the country. Yeah, and you could
1: you, you could you could get um, a lot of newspapers from the London Evening News and all these well, uh-huh. uh, English newspapers. You'll see accounts of um, the Battle of the Braes, the you know, the Crofters' Revolt. The, mm. Yeah, um, it was big news
0: because I mean, I suppose you know, the, it wasn't unmotivated. You know, the the Crofters were they were pushed.
1: Yeah, it's it. I mean, I mean, and if you go into the history of it, it goes back a long way. You know, mm-hmm. from the when feudalism, the kind of old way of life of the clans that that came to an end in the middle of the eighteenth yeah. century. And these, the the bit by bit, the clan chiefs started to get more, more and more kind of high-handed and uh, capitalist. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They were going to England and London, and thinking, "Wow, how the other half live? I want a bit of that." Yes. How can I make some cash and uh, live like this? Yeah charge rent to your, to your clansmen, and you know, bit by bit. And, of course, we had the, the various... I'm sure you'll get people much more knowledge than me talking about the, the economic problems of the mid-19th century, the collapse of the kelp industry and various things yeah. that, that, that led to, well, a mixture of things between some of the most awful hair-raising stuff of people getting evicted and literally pushed out of their homes yeah. while they're burning in above their heads and a great great swathes of people making the open-eyed decision to just get out yeah. just to go to Canada to Australia anywhere Yeah. and a lot of them to the lowlands of course and the um, from that the the the, the gradual just um, unrest and and uh, just ill feeling towards the landlords just grew and grew and grew and, grew and mm. it kind of came to a head at that at that time and the mid-70s, early-80s.
0: So, as a result of that, we had the the Napier Commission. Yes.
1: Yeah, that was uh, Gladstone's government. um, They decided to Figure out what what this was all about, mm. and to get first hand accounts of what exactly was going on. And so they, um, I mean, it's extraordinary. I've got I've got it here to show you. Yeah. A, <laughs> it's the the um, <laughs> four four volumes of evidence that were gathered. Four big wow. chunky They're volumes. Enormous. Yes, from all over the Highlands, Orkney and Shetland, um, the Inner Hebrides, Outer Hebrides. Not everybody was really. In favour of it, they weren't. They, they thought it was you know going to be a bit of a whitewash in favour of the landlords, but it wasn't. Hmm. And the first, I mean, if you if you want if you care to have a look at the first, I would love to. But yeah, I mean, why don't you have a if you have a look at the? Um,
0: Do the... I need white gloves? that's <laughs> really no, no, it's a lovely not... old dusty boot. To...
1: So, um, if you want to have a look at the uh, Napier Commission, I mean, I happen to have. <laughs> An original set of the parliamentary papers that were produced. That's incredible. Nineteen eighty-four. Yeah, it's uh, it's very hard to get a hold of. I've only had it in my shop once before. Um, This is your second set of them. This is the second set I've handled in twenty years. There is there was a there's a lovely facsimile uh, that was made by the Irish one of the Irish universities, but uh, getting a hold of the original. but they're, volumes they're is quite difficult.
0: Beautiful looking books, five volumes. Yes, so you got the you've leather
1: and... yes, yeah, so four big volumes of all the evidence that was gathered uh, by the um, by the, uh, the Napier Commission and the volume, the report volume at the end, wow. uh, summarising their findings and their recommendations for improving the lot of the crofters. Amazing. And of course, this is what uh, it was done in. It was. Done in eighteen eighty three, printed in eighteen eighty four, and the uh, within another within two years, eighteen eighty six, we had the the uh, Crofters Holding Act. Um,
0: but that's a really impressive um, time frame.
1: It is extraordinary the amount of work. I mean, it's just and we're back in the. This is before the days of 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 uh, desktop publishing and just you know all of that being being uh, written down. Yeah. Uh, Taken and and typeset and printed and published and it's just unbelievable with the maps and everything showing where they were and wow it's just a breathtaking amount of work and yeah just a just an unbelievable resource for people you know anybody in the islands should get a chance you can you can you can get uh, um, I can send you links to um, digital copies that you can anybody can download online oh, and fantastic have a look through yeah. and you can go to you know wherever you live. Or wherever you're interested in, you can go and see what the crofters there um, and the landlords themselves what they said at that time. Wow. Yeah. So we've got here. This is the first volume of evidence. First meeting, uh, Bray's Sky, Tuesday, May eighth, eighteen eighty three. Gives you the list of the, the commissioners themselves, Lord Napier and of course Sheriff Nicholson, who was he was from Sky, and um, the first guy is Angus Stewart. Uh, a crofter and he was involved in the Battle of the Braes and it's really interesting just that I'm going to read the first little bit Oh yeah. so the chairman says would you have the goodness to state what is your occupation a crofter have you been engaged in fishing yes were you born here at the Braes born at the Braes have you lived here all your life not all my life I've been away but not very far off from time to time from time to time but you are thoroughly acquainted with the feelings and interests of the people here yes have you been freely elected by the people to be their delegate yes now, will you have the goodness to state to me what your hardships, what sorry, what are the hardships or grievances of which the people complain who have elected you? Yes, but it is in Gaelic that I prefer to speak. Now, this is interesting because he, from then on, um, all of the examination of the witnesses, probably ev- almost everybody in Skye, certainly all the crofters, um, was conducted through um, their sheriff clerk, Dougal MacLachlan, as a, as a kind of interpreter. So think of that as, oh. as an addition to the work. Not only was all this transcribed, but it was it was translated, translated word for word as it happened by um, by Dougal McLaughlin. Um, so he goes on then to talk, and th- what is really interesting is that the first thing he says before he says anything is, "I want assurances that the landlords aren't going to evict me uh-huh. because of what I say here today." Yeah. So that is that is how. Um, you know, how how uh, kind of sugarly they felt their, yeah. their position was that even speaking out and expressing what they felt they could actually get them turfed out. So they managed uh, because the factor uh, was there, they managed to get the assurances and, and that's when and he started. Wow. Basically, that was it. That was how it started. And as you see, all of that evidence was collected in a very short time, and um yeah it's 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 just an amazing act of evidence gathering and publishing amazing it's such an amazing
0: act of kind of bravery after after the fighting yes, you know that that speaking out like you say it was fragile you know to yes. to speak out and but it was a turning point yes, and that turning point always has to come.
1: Yes, where, where you know where a government was willing to give give an ear to to these people who you know obviously quite uh, marginalised in mm-hmm. geographical and social terms uh, like, at that time, what? kind of not really you know um, people didn't really give it a second thought to these people, but this was yeah. you know th- this was a chance for them to to speak out about. Uh, one of the, the people on the commission
0: thought. was uh, Charles, Fra- Fraser McIntosh. Yes. Charles Fraser Macintosh. Charles Fraser Macintosh, who went on to become the crofting MP. Or That's something right. Like yeah. That. yeah. There was
1: uh, there was quite a few guys who um, campaigned as as uh, you know, upholding the crofters' um, struggle as it was. And yeah, and he was he was one of them, and um, praised directly by Marie Vohr. Yes. in her uh, in her songs he in fact
0: well. was on that boat trip to yes, Strome as well right. he was in the boat yes <laughs> so i think they had a great relationship
1: but yes yeah the um there were various various people in that strata that, that marie Vore was was very 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 supportive and vocal in um, mm-hmm. in praising and encouraging people to vote for as well and that's part mm. of the that was part of her. There's a there's a great tradition in in Gaelic poetry of what was called brosnachu, mm-hmm. encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. and one of the earliest Gaelic poems we have is that, you know the Battle of Harlow at the beginning of the fifteenth century, There's massive encouragement to battle, yeah. uh, for, for the for the Gales, and um, in that in that vein, Ma- Marivor was 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 you know inciting a brosnachu, um, people to. Uh, to vote for folk who she felt had their best interests at heart. She was a powerful woman. Yeah, there was there was a fair bit of power. I mean people talk about women not being empowered at that time and not having um not having their voices heard. But mm-hmm. Mary Vole, I mean of all the, I mean there's lots of people. Um if you go through Dolmix excellent book on 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 the the kind of the, the clearances and the crofters' struggle to us Cherna um, lots of really interesting voices some of them just uh, anonymous maybe a, a, a song that appeared under a pen name in the mm-hmm. open times but Marie Vohr of all the ones that really had influence Marie Vohr is almost unique in that she had her work published in 1891 as a lovely yeah. book which I've got here as well of course and <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the only the only other equivalent that I can think of is Andrew Livingston. Mach in Isla. He right. was also published at that time um and and was a a stalwart of the of the uh croft crofter struggle as well so wonderful you know so of all the you know in terms of the people who who really had that the, the privilege of being uh, published mm-hmm. and you know Ma, Ma, marie really stands out in that regard
0: incredible yeah so going forward from the Napier commission We had the, the, two years later was the Crofters Act?
1: Yes, the Crofters Holding Act, which was the kind of Mm. key act. Again, people were, you know, not everybody was that enamoured with it. They didn't, some people thought it didn't go far enough Mm -hmm. that it didn't, um, there were a lot of old, you know, that it it didn't give them a chance to get, you know, certain people who had lost lands, generations back Mm -hmm. and, you know, they felt, well, we should get that back. It didn't reinstate them. But it certainly, in terms of, Giving them security uh, on the land that they had, and um, a, giving them the chance to to work that land at a reasonable rent. and yeah. I mean, that was a that was a huge, huge turning point, huge mm. victory. And um, like I say, the, the the land court that was established um, f- from there, obviously, uh, it was this, this is an early victory in that regard that Marius celebrating. Yeah, when the uh, one of the Bray's Crofters when it was judged in favour of the Bray's Crofters that, um, in terms of Ben Lee yeah.
2: Wonderful
0: Well Kallispik, more and more and thank thank you so so much for this lovely conversation this afternoon and I really appreciate your time and your your um, generosity in sharing your knowledge uh, not just your thoughts and your words but also just to see These books and photographs, and um, it's incredible to, you know. I I know the song, and I know through the songs, I know a bit of the history, but then to see these other Mm. pieces as well just really kind of um, deepens that sense of awe for it and and value of it. So, thank you so, so much. It's been a real delight to speak to you.
1: It's a pleasure. Thank Thank you.
0: Thank you. My sincere thanks again to Gillespie Ferguson for being so giving in his time and knowledge, not only through his words, but also in all of the books and documents he has kindly shared with me. I hope that you enjoyed our conversation. If so, please remember to like, share, review and subscribe to this podcast. The music you hear is taken from my album Orenthe, which is available through my website www. DeirdreGraham.com, as well as on the usual streaming platforms. Before I go, I'd like to extend my ever grateful thanks to Creative Scotland for supporting this project. I look forward to sharing more Gaelic song stories with you and I hope that you'll join me the next time.